Well, did you have a good Christmas? That's what people ask, don't they? Do you have a good Christmas? And I'm thinking, did I have a good Christmas? Of course I had a good Christmas. Well, it's not the same as it used to be, though, is it? Christmas, uh, as you get older, things change. The kids grow up and move out of the house. And, um, you know, my son and daughter-in-law are working in retail. And they can't make it home for Christmas on Christmas Day because they're working on Christmas. Uh, my daughter is, lives in uh, Muskegon, and she's engaged, and uh, she has a, a second family now. You know, things are different. Whatever happened to Christmas? You know, when you woke up on Christmas morning and the little kids were rummaging through the packages with, uh, with uh, fervor and everything else. You know, it's a little different. You know. Um, but, you know, the, me the meaning of Christmas has not changed. No. Right. Uh, and so, um, normally, uh, during Christmas time, someone will ask me to share a message. A pastor will want to go see his family, you know, for once, you know. Uh, you know, Karis knows how it is, right? Pastor Mike, uh, once in a while it would be nice for him to come down and visit you guys, you know. But he's always got Sundays, weekends busy. Uh, and so the Lord uh, spoke to me and says, you know, you need to be ready because I'm not really quick at getting messages together. So I need to spend a little bit more time. And uh, so I started in November sitting in my deer blind and uh, reading and thinking about what message I would want to share for Christmas. Well, uh, Luke chapter two is already taken. <laughs> So I said, well, what scripture is atypical for a Christmas message to be shared? And so I was listening to my fellow Scotsman, uh, John MacArthur, one day, and he was talking about the real meaning of Christmas. And the scripture reference was uh, Philippians chapter 2, verses 6 through 11. And I'll have you stand in honor of God's word, and we'll read that this morning. Philippians chapter 2, verses 6 through 11. Who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men, and being found in the fashion as a man, he humbled himself, and became obedient unto death, even the death on the cross. Wherefore God hath highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of things in heaven, things on earth, things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Dear Heavenly Father, we pray as we study this word that we would understand the true meaning of Christmas and uh, how we apply uh, this scripture to our lives. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. There's about five things I'd like you to see in this message today. So a five-point sermon, oh no, man, you know. We'll have to have to roll pretty fast because if we want to get out by 12:30, <laughs> we're going to have to go fast. Number one, God gives up His sovereign position. It says, "Who there? Who, being in the form of God? Who's it talking about? Jesus, right? Okay. Number two, He takes on the form of a servant. Number three, God approaches a sinful man." Number four, he humbles himself. 
Number five, God exalts him as a supreme prince. So as we look at uh, the, the first verse of this, words matter, don't they? Words matter. And we say, if we could gloss over this, just like I read that, it seemed like it was a shallow reading of that scripture because uh, in, in this scripture you will find the very essence of the gospel message. Uh, there's enough in here for you to understand the whole uh, thing about Christmas and why God had to come and, you know, uh, the whole, whole deal here. There's an attack on God's word uh, uh, these days. And did God really mean this? And uh, was he really God? And uh, did he really come in the flesh? And uh, is he really the only way to heaven? And all this stuff. And this, this chap, this verse is here. This brings it right out. Uh, it says, who? Jesus. Being in the form of God. Uh, when we look at that scripture and we analyze each word, being, that word being, you're a being, right? You're a human being. I'm a human being. God, Jesus was being in the form of God. That's who he was. And so, I don't know about you, but when I read this scripture before, I always thought it was a weird scripture. Verse 6, being in the form of God, thought it not to be robbery to be equal with God. You ever figure out what that meant? You know what that means? It means that when you're God, you don't have to steal the Godhead. You're already that. He was uh, in the form of God before he ever came as a human baby. And uh, it says being in the form of God, that word form is, uh, is the word morpha in the Greek, which means what that person is in essence. Uh, you, you can't change it. It never changes. And so Jesus was in that form of God. He was God, the very God. And that's who he was, and that's what would never change. And so uh, when, when people try to say that Jesus just came on the scene when he was born in the Virgin Mary, uh, that's not true. Uh, John 1, uh, 1 says that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And it was talking about Jesus in the beginning. Well, what was the beginning? Uh, well, God's eternally existed. So we could go into a big theology thing about that, but um, the beginning was when God created everything. He was there, and it says there wasn't anything that was made that wasn't made without him. So Jesus was there uh, in a different form, uh, he wasn't in human form at that time when he created everything, but he was still Jesus and he was still God. And that's uh, what the Bible is talking about. So you'll find that there will be people and things that will want to, uh, in some versions it says, uh, he, he thought it not to be something to be grasped or reached for. You know, when Jacob was born, he was grabbing onto Esau's heel. He was grasping for the, you know, thing, uh, position. When, uh, when uh, the devil 
uh, said, I'm going to exalt my stars above the stars of heaven, my throne above the Most High. I'm going to be like him. He was grasping for that. Jesus had not, did not have to do that. Um, he was, in essence, God, the very God. He was everything that God the Father was. Uh, in fact, um, it says when he came to earth, he was uh, physically representing everything that God had was in human flesh. And so uh, it says uh, he didn't think it was robbery to be equal with God because he was God. Now, that word form is used throughout the Bible, and it talks about what God wants to do with us. You know the word transform? Remember I said form meant met, uh, morpha. Well, that word transform means metamorphosis. Like uh, when a, a polywog turns into a frog or a butterfly turn, you know, comes from a worm. Metamorphosis. He's changing us from what we used to be uh, to what we should be. He's always trying to do that. Um, and that's maybe one of the reasons why he came, right? He's being, uh, it says, as we with unfailed faces uh, all reflect the Lord's glory being transformed into the likeness of uh, with ever increasing glory which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. So there's a couple words that we see in this scripture. Um, one is uh, the word morpha or form and the other one is the word uh, schema. Schema. Uh, where it says he made himself of no reputation. It says he was in the likeness of men. Uh, in verse 7. That word likeness is the word schema. The outward appearance. The thing that can change. Uh, the Bible says this world will pass away. The word schema is used that in that verse. Uh, in 2 Corinthians 11 14 it says Satan appears in the fashion of angel of light. In other words he has the outward appearance. Or the schema of the angel of light. He's really not angel of light. He's really trying to portray an angel of light. Uh, just the same way he's uh, trying to grasp the, the Godhead. Uh, 1 Peter 1, uh, 14 says, Do not be schema or fashioned according to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So when you read a scripture and you really want to know uh, what it's meaning, you can uh, look at words and it can make a picture clearer uh, than what it was before. Uh, Jesus did not see being equal with God as something to acquire. Why? Because he was God. Uh, I don't know why anybody would want to be a Richie. You know, you can ask Lori this, but um, I didn't have to grasp uh, um, to be a Richie. I was a Richie, and, and now she's sorry she is probably. <laughs> but it wasn't something for me to be grasped, be, be a Richie. All the traits that come with being a Richie, you know. Um, you know never mind. <laughs> but uh, Jesus, being found in, uh, in the form of God, took on the lowly appearance or the fashion of a man. Fully the child of Mary, but was essentially God in the flesh. Satan wanted to be God and still is trying to grab the Godhead. But he is a created being. 
And uh, you'll find that Scientologists, Mormons, and others want to become God. The job isn't available. Either you're God or you're not God. And uh, I like that movie um, uh, about the um, boy who wants to play uh, Notre Dame football. And he goes to, uh, through all the lengths to, uh, to try to become a football player at Notre Dame. And he has to go to a community college so he can get his grades up so he can qualify to become, uh, go to Notre Dame. And he finally, he goes to the priest and he says, Father, he says, I've done everything. I've got my grades up. I, you know, uh, I prayed. I've, you know, done everything. Is there anything else I can do uh, so I can get on this uh, football team? And he says, son, he says, after 30 years of ministry, I've figured out two things. Number one, there is a God. Number two, I'm not him. <laughs> the sooner we learn this, the better. Um, you say, well, I, I don't want to be God. Well, what do, you, uh, what do you think about God's word? Are you to be judged by God's word, or are you to be the judge over God's word? So many people uh, these days, and I find myself doing it sometimes, well, I'm not really sure if this is right in the Bible. It doesn't really mean this or that. I'm being a judge over God's word. Why don't I just take it for what it says and be obedient to it? Uh, God's word doesn't change. It says the world will pass away in the schema of things, but his word will not pass away. So what did God lose? If he didn't lose his Godhead when he uh, came to earth, what, what happened? Did he lose his deity? Did he lose his power? Did he lose, what did he lose? Well, the Bible tells us all these things in the, uh, it says, uh, for one thing, in John 17, when Jesus is praying to his Father for us, um, if you ever want to uh, hear Jesus pray for you, go to chapter 17 of John. It has a prayer for you. It says, I pray for these who uh, have stuck with me, the disciples, and all those who will come because of their testimony. That's us. Jesus is praying for us, those that would come after because of the disciples' testimony. Cool. Oh, now, O oh Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which that I had with thee before the world was. Jesus lost his glory when he came, didn't he? And he gave the disciples a little glimpse of that glory when he was standing on the Mount of Transfiguration and he got all shiny, as they say in Veggie Tales. <laughs> Got all shiny. He lost his honor. Isaiah 53. He was despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrow and acquainted with grief. And we hid as it were our faces was from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our sins and carried our sorrows. Does that talk about someone that is receiving the honor that they deserve? He was beaten, he was spit upon, he was treated as an um, illegitimate son of a carpenter. This is the son of God. And people dishonor him today. We dishonor him by our actions and our, 
our intentions. He lost his honor. He lost his riches. Second Corinthians said that, uh, for we know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might become rich. Truth is, heaven would not be ours today if Jesus hadn't come in human flesh back the first Christmas time, right? They call it the incarnation. It's like the chili. Um, Pastor Mike was talking about uh, chili con carne means uh, chili with meat. Well, God took on meat uh, when he became uh, a child of Mary. He, he lost his favorable relationship with his father. Uh, he was hanging on the cross and he said, my, my God, my God, why, why hast thou forsaken me? He knew that was going to happen. His independent exercise of his divine authority. Do you think that uh, if Jesus didn't want to be hung on a cross that they could hang him on a cross? No way. But... You know, he says, I only say and do what my father tells me to say and do. He gave up his independent exercise of his authority. So in abandoning his sovereign position, he didn't cease to be God. And he set aside his independent use of his self-will and expressing his eternal power and submitted his will to his father's. That's uh, John Milton wrote. He said, that glorious form, that life insufferable, he laid aside and here with us to be, forsook the courts of everlasting day, and chose with us a darksome house of mortal clay. It was not an honor to become a human being for the Son of God. He accepted a servant's place. Um, in verse 7 it says, he made himself of no reputation and took on the form of a servant. There we see that word form again. He took on the form or the morpha of a servant. He didn't come as a king uh, or he didn't live where a king lived. Uh, he wasn't privileged like you would think a king would be. I think that's one reason why the people didn't recognize who he was because they expected him to come in all his glory and uh, have this big uh, to do about his uh, coming into the earth. Um, his ways are not our ways. Uh, it says he took on the form of a servant. It, it means that he was a real servant. Sometimes we give uh, lip, lip service or we get, uh, we do service uh, because we're expecting something back. Jesus took on the form of a servant, a real servant, one that had the, the right attitude. Um, it says in Luke, it says, whether it's greater to sitteth at meat or he that serveth, is it not he that sits at meat? But I am oh, among you as one that serves. Uh, Mark 10 says, for even the Son of Man came not to minister to, or to be ministered to, but to minister and give his life a ransom for many. John uh, 13 talks about Jesus washing the disciples' feet. And uh, he says, uh, you know, I hope this catches on with you boys. 
because you should be doing this to one another's feet and you're always fighting who should be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And the Son of Man has come down to be a servant. Our priorities are so messed up. Jesus uh, approached a sinful man. It says he was made in the likeness of man. Jesus was always God, but he, he was made in the likeness of men. And uh, we, we see that word schema. Uh, he was made to look like a man. His outward appearance, that would change. He was a real man, you know. Did my appearance change from when I was a little kid? Yeah. Did his appearance change? Sure. Uh, that word uh, made... Um, uh, in that verse, it's called homogeneous. Um, in other words, he was made in the, the likeness of men, or he became a man. Well, he started off with a baby and became a man. And so, is that how most uh, people come into the world? They come as babies, and uh, they, through the process of life, they become men? Jesus did. Uh, had others been wrapped in swaddling clothes before this? Sure. And he was too. Had others grown up to be an adult? He did. Did others have brothers and sisters? Jesus did too. Did others learn a trade and work for a living? Jesus probably uh, followed his dad in carpentry work. And I bet you, you wanted to have Jesus do your carpentry work for you. It was probably top notch. Was he ever hungry? Yes. Thirsty? Yes. Weary? He was, too. Did others weep in sorrow? Jesus did. Were others destined to die? He did. He died on the cross. Did others experience pain? Oh, yes. He experienced pain on the cross and in the beatings, in the nail of the uh, crown of thorns. Remember all those things? Were others loved by some and hated by others? So was he. So Jesus was God. He was made in the likeness of men. And he was tempted in all the same things, yet without sin. It could be said that Jesus was the man, uh, the way man was meant to be. But we never thought a man could be. You know? Uh, who is this guy? You know, he's at the temple, 12 years old, and he's sharing the word of God with these people, and they're saying, who is this guy? Who is this kid? Where did he get this knowledge? He's at the wedding feast at Cana, and he, he uh, turns the water into wine, and they're saying, who is this guy? He feeds the 5,000, and they're saying, what, what manner of person is this? He's on the ship and he calms the sea. And the disciple says, Turn away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. Jesus, uh, there, I like this uh, little poem talking about the humanity of, of God. Has thou been hungry, child of mine? I too needed bread. For forty days I tasted not until by angels fed. 
Has thou been thirsty on the cross, I suffered thirst for thee. I promise I would provide your needs, my child, come to me. When you are sad and your tears fall fast, my heart goes out to thee. I wept over Jerusalem, the place so dear to me. And when I came to Lazarus' tomb, I wept my heart was sore. I'll comfort you when you weep until sorrows are all over. Jesus came and approached the sinful man. And he has, it says he adopted a selfless posture and humbled himself. We see in verse 8 it says, He was in the fashion of a man. He humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. With all that power, with all that authority, and everything that Jesus was and had available to him, he submitted to his Father's will. He humbled himself and was subjected to a lot of stuff. I think, uh, you know, maybe the real theme of Christmas is humility. Uh, he could have been born in a palace. He could have been born of rich people. He could have been, maybe the, maybe the theme of Christmas and the real meaning of Christmas is humility. Hmm. What does that mean to us and how can it affect us? Uh, he was in the temple. He could have transported himself to catch up with his mom and dad, but he didn't. In, the, uh, in temptation, he could have turned the stones into bread, but he didn't. When asked by Pilate, are you the king of the Jews? He could have just transfigured himself and shown who he was. Uh, in his arrest, Peter told him, don't you know that I could have called 10,000 angels to help me. Um, why are you trying to cut off this guy's ear? <laughs> Bad shot, Peter. <laughs> you should have went for a little lower or something. Huh? <laughs> On the cross, he could have come down and ended his suffering, but despising the shame, he endured the cross for us. He gave up his godly privileges and humbled himself to the point of obeying his father's every command because... John 3.16, God so loved the world. Say it with me. That he gave his only begotten Son. Whoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So what was God's response to all this? It says in verse uh, 9, it says, uh, Wherefore God also had exa highly exalted him and given him a name above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of things in heaven and things on earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So, uh, remember I said the real theme of this message could be humility or the Christmas message is humility. But, you know, humility always is fo uh, followed by exaltation, right? Uh, there's the story about uh, don't choose the front seats, you know, uh, stay in the back. And then, sorry, I didn't mean to say this to you guys. I'm not dishing you or anything, you know. But uh, wait to be called to the front seats, you know. Uh, don't think of yourself uh, more highly than you 
You should. Maybe this is the theme of Christmas. God gives up his sovereign position. He takes on the form of a servant. He approaches a sinful man. He humbles himself. And then God highly exalts him as supreme prince. And you know, Jesus is able to save to the uttermost because he humbled himself to the uttermost. There's power in humility. Um, even the death on the cross. Well, uh, his uh, human nature uh, was saying, crying out to God, Father, take this cup from me. His deity was crying out, I know what sin can do. It's going to separate me from my Father. Though all, uh, through all this, he humbled himself to his Father's will. And he said, not my will, but thine be done. So God lifted him up, has given him a name above every name at the name of Jesus. Every knee should bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. It says, and then it says, those things in heaven, who does that include? That includes all the angels. It includes uh, those saints that have gone ahead of us. Are they going to bow the knee to Jesus? You betcha. Uh, they bowed the knee on this earth, and they, they're going to bow their knee to him in heaven. What about those uh, things in the earth? Yeah. The people on the earth that remain on the earth, they're going to bow the knee to Jesus Christ whether they like it or not. Um, they're, going to, they're going to find out that this, uh, this little baby that was born in the manger is the son of God the creator of everything. What about those things under the earth, the demons, the devil, and all those people who chose not to accept Christ that have passed on and gone to be in the other place? They're going to bow, bow their knee to him. And so Jesus, uh, far above all principalities and powers and might and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also that which is to come. For everyone who exalts himself shall be humbled, and who humbles himself shall be exalted. Jesus Christ, coming to the earth in the form of man, becomes the ultimate example of the kingdom principle. If you humble yourself, you will be exalted. Well, what is that? Uh, what is our response to all this? If you have not accepted Jesus Christ, as your Lord and Savior, that the chance for you to bow your knee to him is right now. You will bow your knee to him one day, but it won't do any good if you haven't bowed your knee to him while you're alive on this earth. Today is the day of salvation. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with the mouth, the heart, that you believe and are justified it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved as the scripture says anyone who trusts him will never be put to shame for there is no difference between Jew and Gentile the same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call upon him call upon him today if you don't know Jesus as your savior even if you're not sure whether you're saved you know why take a chance of going into eternity. Uh, time goes by so quick. Uh, another Christmas is gone, isn't it? 
where did Christmas go? Uh, my dad told me, he says, Mike, he says, Christmas happens every time a person accepts Jesus Christ as Savior because the Son of God is born in human flesh. He says, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone opens the door, I will come in and, and uh, fellowship with them. And so when you accept Jesus as your Lord, he comes in. He becomes your guide. He transforms you uh, day by day. I tell my class, uh, my Sunday school class, that God has never given us the provision to live the Christian life. He wants us to die to ourselves, and he wants to live through us. And you can't do that if he's not living inside of you. And you can't do that if you're trying to always... We're always trying to elevate ourselves all the time. We're always trying to make sure our rights are taken care of and our needs are being uh, taken care of. You know, this verse does not have any... This is written to Christians. If you, let's go to verse 1. Look at uh, Philippians 2, 1 through 5. If there's any encouragement from being united with Christ, if there's any comfort from his love, if any fellowship in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being the same Spirit and purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Okay. Back up the truck. I already messed up today. Don't do anything selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourself. Hmm. Each of you should not look at your own interests, but also the interests of others. And then, see, I set you up for this because I knew uh, I started in verse 6, because I knew I'd come back to this and I'd, I'd zap your attention. Your attitude should be the same as that of Jesus Christ, it says. Have this mind in you that is also in Christ Jesus. And then it goes in through 6.11, exactly what he did for us when he came to earth in human form. So consider this example, Jesus Christ, who was God made man who humbled himself. So maybe we ought to be more humble thinking about Christmas. We can't, we can't go back and do Christmas over, can we? Uh, but we can do the rest of the year. The same God lives in us that lived in us at Christmas time. And he wants us to have the same mind as in Christ Jesus. Uh, have this attitude, uh, have an attitude of a servant. Be quick to do your Father's will. Be willing to suffer, not assert ourselves, or willing or trying always to get our own way. Don't wait to be served by others, but serving others as if serving God Himself. I think this is the Christmas message that we've found. Have this mind in you that is also in Christ Jesus. That's the Christmas message. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that you were willing, uh, even though you, you counted the cost, you knew what it would take to purchase our salvation, and because you loved us so much, you were willing to come and be humiliated and 
serve as a servant when you are really the King of kings and Lord of lords. We pray that we would have that mind in us that's also in Christ Jesus. Help us not to just be fashioned as a man, but help us to be transformed into the image of your dear Son. We pray in the matchless name of Jesus and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. We're going to have an invitation hymn. It's your invitation to uh, take what God has shared with you today uh, from his word and apply it to your life. Um, and what if 295 will be turned to that, you can stand. If you have a decision for God, you can do it right where, where you're at today. You can just uh, pray to him. He answers prayer. If you need some help to pray, you can come forward, all right?